Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. From people not typically depicted in scary movies. Okay, so holy shit, mm-hmm. we made it through another season. This and is the finale. Can you believe it? Yeah. These I, I, eight weeks have flown by. I can believe it, honestly. We we can talk enough to just keep things busy. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that, you know, we could be in a, a distraction for some of you out there as well. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot going on out yeah. in this world right now. <laughs> I mean, outside is kind of a scary movie. And I have had people come at like get into my mentions and my DMs and my uh and my texts and stuff like that just to be like, I'm so glad I had something to do this week besides uh-huh. the news yeah besides just think about all the dumb shit people are doing out there and you gotta say that neither i nor drea are particularly prone to panic i was telling um producer today that like listen i came from an indian reservation my people have seen so much worse than this and have lived to tell the tale however i did get a little um i caught a little bit of the bullshit yesterday and drea had me over okay, and had yeah. me give me some chicken soup yes, and some I apple did. juice and was like you need to calm down mm. and it worked and so did. well because yeah, you're you know what you're allowed to be in the hype for a second mm-hmm. you know like you can get caught up but catch yourself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i'm glad i could be there to do that yeah because i i was listening to shit i'm like no bitch turn <laughs> the tv off and in the midst of you know all of the the banter and the back and forth and the you know the bullshit that dre and i can give each other i would i really sincerely appreciate you i appreciate you too thank you so much now let's get into the bullshit <laughs> and also you ruined mass singer for me yesterday <laughs> see the thing <laughs> no, is but it was worth it was I, funny though at least it was just, <laughs> it was sarah palin <laughs> I did not mean that to do shit that. That was funny. It I was did a not classic to... Tommy move, and it was hilarious. I just walked in. I was like, oh, is this the Sarah Palin one? And you were like, <laughs> and as soon as you looked at me, I was like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that Dre hates more than anything else is spoilers. I'll just say that I liked a movie, and she's like, you know what? Nope, I haven't seen it yet, and that's as far as you can go. And I, I go back and forth. I could be kind of sometimey about this. I was mad, but then when I realized, I'm like, oh, it was that boof-ass song I heard, and I was like, that was a white lady singing that song. Mm-hmm. And that was tragic. And mm-hmm. then I was like, that was Sarah Palin. So it all worked out. Mm-hmm. And we'll get over it. <laughs> I'm gone. Um, yeah. I, I am excited. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad that we're not going to be in the studio every single week, but I am excited for season three. Yeah. Because there are a lot of movies out there that like I'm I'm hyped to see, like Antebellum, uh, Candyman. If Even, shit doesn't keep get, getting pushed back. I know, right? But I mean, that, that'll that be fine for us because if we start again in a couple months or in a mm-hmm. month or six weeks or whatever, we'll be ready with these movies. We're so Antlers ready. Antlers looks good. Um, that got pushed back. Oh, damn. A Quiet Place 2 also got pushed back. Uh-huh. Fast and the, the Furious got mutants. pushed back a year. Uh, that, we were going to cover the whole Fast and Furious se- uh, <laughs> series on here. <laughs> I know how much you love those movies. You know, I know how much you love Vin Diesel. I mean... You even saw what you see last blood night? Blood thing? What is it? Blood thing? Blood sport? <laughs> Bloodshot. Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I No. Listen, it was better than what... What I thought it was going to be. It, the trailers didn't look horrible. Yeah, it's kind of like what they call it. It was like a little bit of Groundhog's Day, a little bit Wolverine. So it it didn't. It was cheesy for a reason, and then you see why. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I appreciate that. And also, 
don't know. I'm trying to think. How big is Vin Diesel's? He look. He's five. You are. You, you're the height whisperer. He's like five seven. You said. I think five ten. But also, I was like, hmm, but how big is his D? Because he, he I don't might could make up of, for I don't want to think a about kick that. A little kickstand. <laughs> I don't think about it. Groot. Uh, I don't want to think about Groot's D. <laughs> Um, also want to shout out um, Becca James, who wrote about us in The Vulture this week and called us one of the top comedy podcasts of the week. Thank you so much. I know you're listening to this, and I appreciate you, too. Thank you, Becca. Also, I'd like to shout out Fantasy by Kim Ann Schreiber. The author takes you on a journey as she discovers her Vietnamese heritage and uses the 1977 cult film classic House as a way to connect the lines. That movie is crazy. It is crazy. And you know what? We might be... Uh, covering that in the near future, and we might have Kim Ann on the show at some point to yeah. discuss this in further uh, detail. She's a friend of the pod. Um, Andrea, would you like to give us our act breakdown today? Yes, I would. For our act one, we're doing a pour one out, and yeah, I have nothing to do with this shit. It's Ava <laughs> Mendez as Vanessa Valdeon in Urban Legends Final Cut. Yep, that's just for you, Drea. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's all I can say. <laughs> act two. Main discussion, Extraordinary, and the Outsider miniseries on yes, HBO. which were both good. Yes, very good. And finally, our Act 3 Scream Queen of the Week is Miss Pamela Adlon as Liz in The Gate 2. Mm, and love me some Pamela Adlon, and mm-hmm. we covered The Gate last season, so you know what? You're ready for it. Makes sense. All right, here we go. All right, everybody, act one, act one of our mini scary movie. We're going to do a pour one out for Eva Mendez as Vanessa Valdeon in Urban Legends Final Cut. I chose this because it's one of Drea's favorite movies of all space and time. (laughs) Listen, the movie is dumb as fuck, but we couldn't have like a lesbian woman of color be in a scary movie and not eventually talk about her on the show. Um, So let's get into this bullshit. At Alpine University, one senior student will be awarded the prestigious Hitchcock Award for Best Thesis Film, virtually guaranteeing the winner a film career in Hollywood. The competition is killer. And someone is killing the competition. (laughs) You like that? Uh. (laughs) Um, I okay. So uh, Eva, this is one of her first roles. Um, Initially, her character, the character of Vanessa, was only supposed to be in it for like a tiny bit. But the director really liked the casting choice, so he made her role a little bit bigger. Um, This movie also famously has Joey Lawrence and a young uh, Anthony Anderson when he's still a little bit more thick. A little heftier. Mm -hmm. And uh, Loretta Devine comes back as the security guard, the campus security guard. And you know what? Like moving into this, I mean, I saw it in the theater when I was a teenager, uh, but I actually kind of liked the first one. I actually kind of liked it. I love the first one. It's stupid, but I love the first one. I remember seeing that with my mother. And on the way home, like having to shut, we cut shut all the curtains. My dad was out of town, and we lived in like the middle of the woods out in Maryland. Oh, it was really? The dumbest shit ever we had ever done. We went and watched that movie, and then we could not go to sleep all fucking night. Oh yeah. But part two, I remember seeing it with my friends, and like we we're like, fuck this shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember all of us just it's stupid. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, aside from screen, there being a campus like, killer, uh, this person's for whatever reason wearing a fencing mask. Um, there. <laughs> It's a, a goth, like he's like goth fencing or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, Aichiwawa, but like so, there. So so this it ends up being that like some one of the student filmmakers made a film so good that the teacher wanted to take credit for it and get out of the university. <laughs> so he recut the films so that the the student film was actually very shitty and then he proceeded to kill off everybody or tried to kill off everyone who worked on that film in order to claim it as his own. Now, that is 
preposterous for many reasons, including the fact that like other there other people would know that that's not your film, even if they didn't work on it. And also, like somebody's making a, a student film that good, my dude. Are you ki- no? That's actually the, the thing I cannot believe the most. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> I know. Um, and it's also, true. It's true. Like that's very preposterous. That there's never in existence has there been a good. Uh, okay, wait a second. Well, there there are student films that got people re- work. Yeah. But I couldn't say that there was a student film that made that made such an amazing impact that uh, it could alter the course of the teacher's I'll life. I'll say in the 90s and 2000s, I, 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 it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. And there was some shit coming out. Like Scorsese and Spike Lee were making some of their first films. Mm-hmm. Like their, their first films were known, like their student projects were like on another echelon, but they're different. And, you know, like Vin Diesel had sort of a student film uh, <laughs> called uh, Multifacial, which... <laughs> Uh, which got him the attention of, I think, Steven Soderbergh, who cast him in uh, Saving Private Ryan. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can get And it work. must have been that Mega Sharks commercial that he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that... This that. is awesome! <laughs> this shark can take you to the next level! Anyway, getting back to Vanessa. So, th- listen, the reason why I wanted to do a poor one out wasn't because I necessarily sh- thought she should have made it further along in the movie. I didn't... I wanted to pour one out because, first of all, they killed her in a, such a punk-ass bitch way. And, like, so many mediocre white men lived to the end. Okay, so I'm going to admit, I I just looked up her death scene on YouTube, and that's all I watched. <laughs> and it was in Spanish. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so basically, I just saw a bitch get snatched out of room. Uh-huh, a closet. And, yeah. A utility and, closet. Yeah, and then when the homegirl runs out, uh, Ava's just hanging from a damn freaking uh, a bell tower. A bell yeah. tower. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't even see her go out. No, nope. they don't even give her that. You didn't even. Yeah, you didn't even get a death scene. You just got a corpse scene. And it was. She looked pretty good Dude, hanging there. I mean, I'm like, it was almost. Actually, that was probably the most um, not believable thing in the movie. I was like, you're you're not dead up there. That mm. looks. You look too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in She's Heather's when uh, when Veronica hangs herself. Mm-hmm. And well, Veronica pulled it off a little bit better than she did. Or like Homeboy in the Lodge. Yes. You know? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so, Ava, I don't know about that hanging scene. You're just a little too pretty up there. But. So what happened was, um, huh, the, the, the main character is gets goes to this bell tower. First of all, the the what I read was that they that the stu- the the university that they shot this on didn't have a bell tower, so they had to build one. Yeah, it didn't look it looked like it was a, in a weird position. I'm like, well, how is she hanging from it and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. In uh incongruence with I don't know where they were in the building I'm like how did she just leave the utility closet and now she's hanging from the freaking the bell tower mm-hmm. it just didn't make any sense I think they and kept they her care. character around that long because this is probably like this is like three-fourths of the way into the movie so she's made it pretty far and I think the reason they kept her that long was because they wanted to play with the idea that maybe she was the killer yeah and, because in the first famously in the first urban legends it was Rebecca Gayhart she turned out to be the murderer and that was such a, a, a change in the genre because not many women were the killers at the end yeah that actually was the, the movie itself again not that amazing or religion but that ending was like oh I, I didn't see that I shit didn't see coming. coming either um, so then uh, Vanessa gets a letter from the main character and so she meets her in the bell tower and the letter says because uh, because Vanessa played by Eva Mendez is a lesbian um, and the letter says that the main character is like in love with her and so she confronts her in the bell tower and then she's like uh, the main character is like um, I didn't write that 
and then the killer's there and then chases them up to where the bell is. Uh, Eva grabs main character, pulls her into the utility closet, and she's like, I can't hear him. I don't think he's here. Opens up the door, and he just yanks her out. No, the, the best friend, the main character, didn't do nothing to help her homegirl out. Well, nothing. She, she was just kicking at the door, and then the light comes on, and all that was keeping her from getting out was like, uh, it was like a screwdriver was put into the lock. The door was made of, like, plywood. It she was, could have kicked through it. Yeah. It was, anyway, it was... It was silly. It was silly. I, I uh, again, I you can YouTube the death scene in mm-hmm. Spanish if you like to. <laughs> she did look good though. She looked great. She looks fantastic. Yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, that's you are you play pretty like you play dead very pretty. Mm. It's like it's. Very... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I recognize you as a corpse on uh, 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 Law and Order? <laughs> My mom, I told you, she can. She is like a, has an eye for that. She can name any actor and like how many episodes they've been in, and because every actor has gone through mm-hmm. Law and Order SVU, mm-hmm. they've either been a corpse or a prostitute mm-hmm. or you know a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. One of the my, my mother is the uh, the SVU whisperer, basically. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so she can tell. She's like, oh, I know your face. Season seven, episode four. Mm-hmm. You were the killer. You were face down in the alley. Okay, gotcha. She could name it like that. <laughs> I remember like just living in New York. That was such a every every person I knew who who pursued acting got their first role or one of their first roles on Law and Order. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's all I got to say about that. I had more to say about Law and Order, honestly, than I had to say about Urban Legends 2 Final Cut. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess if you uh, find yourself in the quarantine and you need to check something out, maybe, nah, actually, check something else out. But I'm still going to pour it out for Eva Mendez as Vanessa in Urban Legends Final Cut. Me too. Act two, main discussion. We're getting into first film, Extraordinary. Extraordinary, which is in theaters right now. Uh-huh. Starring, who is it starring? It has Maeve Higgins, Will Forte, Barry Ward, and Claudia O'Doherty. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, it was directed by Mike Ahern and Enda Lothman. Okay. Um, I... I went to a screening. I think Tommy was supposed to be at the same screening, but he was uh, having a little... Getting into some hoe shit. Yes, he's being uh, extra... <laughs> I can't believe you called me a new hoe. Uh, oh, you were acting very new hoe-ish. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> I am not a new hoe. I have a podcast called Food the Number 4 and Thought spelled T-H-O-T. Mm, I come by my sluttery, th- honestly. Uh, perpetrating a fraud. You know, you can take the bass out of your voice when you speak <laughs> to me. Perpetrating a fraud. But I, when I attended this, uh, there was a Q&A afterwards and the whole the cast and the the directors were there and it was really fucking delightful and the film first of all I want to say like it was I haven't seen a film like this in a minute where mm. it balances horror and and it's really uh what what was the, the word that you used for it Tommy like there was a family yeah I mean it was kind movie it was kind of yeah family scare, but kind of like uh because you definitely shouldn't bring your kids to this mm-hmm. but it's because um, there's a dildo rod there's a dildo wand rather so that <laughs> That finds virgins, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot, of, like, there's potty language and all that, but um, it's just an endearing story. It was heartwarming. Yeah, you care about the characters. They give you enough, uh, the main character, Maeve Higgins, is just really, she's really one, wonderful. She's so good. Yeah. You would not expect that she is such a potty mouth she, person yes. in, in person. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Drew, uh, one of the things she, yeah, uh, uh, she was asked by a moderator at the Q&A, what's it like to have a role made for you? And Maeve said, why Why have I been sucking and fucking if they're just going to give it to me? <laughs> she said that spot on and everybody just died. And she was like, really, though? Like, what the fuck? And she said that with her really, uh, is she, she's English or no, she's uh, Irish. Irish, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that accent saying shit like that is just really, really cute. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, oh, you can, that's adorable. <laughs> I was, I was so, um, 
not I wasn't surprised because the cast looked great and um the trailer actually was one of those ones that made me want to watch it more yeah. and I don't feel like it told me the whole story yeah. and I was surprised at how much this was about family cuz the thing is like Maeve Higgins um she has what they call talents so she can like talk to the dead and she sees ghosts and stuff like that which um she inherited from her father um but she blames herself for her father's death and so she hasn't in her adult life hasn't been using her powers and has started a driving school yeah so the director um he got this idea from a clickbait article they saw somewhere in England and it was about there was a ghost that was feeling up people in an old people's <laughs> home and Wait, what? and that's where they were able to kind of, and they expounded upon that uh, and they made it and they made I a bigger think, st- that was probably just an orderly like that was just a molestation i don't think it was a ghost so there's a whole story behind it they kind of went into it at the, at the q a and um basically they were able to like i guess two people actually in real life teamed up and they were trying to figure out what was going on at this old people's home mm-hmm. i don't know what the in story was but they made this this out of it this script came from it. i love that yeah there's, and, a, there's a podcast that i listen to called script notes and every now and then they'll do like a pulled from the headlines they'll take they'll take a headline and see if they could turn this into a film mm-hmm. and like with that story to turn it with the clickbait article to turn into this story i feel like is just a genius take and it was the writing was so good mm-hmm. you know and it was and like you said it did balance out the horror and the and the funny and all that kind of stuff and i never felt like and we you know dre and i talked about this a little bit but like i never there i don't enjoy sentimentality but i think this pulled off sentiment without being cheesy or corny yeah because the people who were were trying to uh you're just, you're getting to know them they're just as vulnerable to this as well mm-hmm. they're they're not you can kind of tell like the lead character she is a really endearing and lovely person but she she is not aware of that herself like mm. she is really insecure mm-hmm. that so that's because you can kind of identify or see that and you know you you want to acknowledge that in that character i guess it makes it easier and it's less corny less cheesy yeah it's yeah yeah because ultimately what she's doing is because she feels responsible for her dad's death she's taking it out on herself the whole time yeah. you know for, for so for her penance means not using her talents and i think a lot of people can um sympathize with that and her so basically the journey is like her um learning coming back into her own and her own power mm-hmm. and her own sexuality because it turns out she's a virgin and <laughs> um and so she they there's a love story in this but they don't like lay it on too thick with that mm-hmm. um also that homeboy is and it, cute Barry Ward yeah he's got yeah he's he's very cute he he cleans up mighty nice yeah a little salt and pepper in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and coming up into uh, The Outsider, I was getting kind of Patty Considine vibes a little mm-hmm, bit, too. Mm-hmm, you know, they mm-hmm. just have that. They can kind of carry themselves in a certain way. Yeah. yeah we, oh, he played endearing sexy, which wasn't like it did. Like he didn't lead with the sex. But every now and then he kind of turned it. And I see like well, little... he was kind of dumpy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He, he was looking a little. Mm-hmm. So Maeve meets uh, Barry Ward's character and his daughter. And they're trying to get their his wife out of his house and his child's mother out of the house and she doesn't want to tap into her talent her talent her her vibes um i got total like frighteners vibes from this movie it, if you guys remember frighteners of michael j fox he loses his wife and kid and basically discovers that he has his talent to see ghosts as well mm-hmm. um I, it was very much reminiscent of that mm-hmm. that movie just doesn't 
it, it's still pretty cool, but it doesn't hold up in certain ways. It's, it's like not PC in, in certain ways. Like there's some corpses getting fucked in it. Okay, and <laughs> yeah. And it's supposed to be family friendly, that movie too. Gotcha. Didn't age well, I guess. Mm. Uh, and, you know, so Maeve comes into this house to exercise the demon uh, or to exercise the ghost rather of the of, of, of Barry Ward's wife. And um, this is all summoned and stirred up by Will Forte. Will Forte, whose character is a washed up one hit wonder who's trying to who makes a deal with the devil to get a new number one album or some shit um, because his last m- number one single Cosmic Woman which I was I was like I don't know if this could have been a major hit I don't know about that I don't know about that I don't know about that I don't think it's Cosmic Woman <laughs> oh it doesn't still slap I don't think but um uh, so he has to sacrifice a virgin. So again, by happenstance, it turns out that the virgin that he finds by the dildo wand is the daughter of uh, Barry Ward's character. So we think. So she's placed under her spell and um, uh, Maeve Higgins has to get the ectoplasm, the, what I would call the ghost jizz of eight of eight spirits, uh, rub that salve on the daughter's face and then the, the, the satanic calling will have been broken. And it's a perfect, like, they don't go too, too far out with like the adventure of how they have to go and collect all this shit. It's just like all in one night, they're just going around and helping out people around the neighborhood. <laughs> like, I, and I don't do good with puke scenes. And I was just, like, I warned, mm-hmm. and I was nice. I warned Tommy before I was like, there's a whole lot of this, like this Ghost jizz. Yeah, ghost jizz. <laughs> Coming uh, out of homeboy's mouth. Yeah. So. And um, it, they don't do, it's not like so excessive. Like they could have been way, way ruder about it. it it's not like The Fly. Mm-hmm. It's not. It is not like The Fly. It's not like that. No. I, I mean, that's a movie I cannot watch. Oh, um, but, man, that uh, made me want to pass out. Like, well, yeah, no, I can't, I can't even that. get through that. But <laughs> it, it's tolerable. It, it's cute ghost jizz. That, that's how I would describe it. And um, through that, they keep form. They slowly start forming a bond. Um, there's also this character by, played by Claudia, uh, who's uh, Claudia O'Doherty, who's uh, Will Forte's girlfriend, wife in it. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking hoot in this movie. Yeah, and, and she is real annoying. Oh, hell annoying. <laughs> um, she's she's really delightful though. Like, but and she also she got she gets taken out and uh, yeah. and the most. It's and it's so lovely the way she gets taken out. I was like, oh yeah, okay, and let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, because Will was like trying to do some incantation. She kept being like, she kept like talking a lot about her Chinese food and was like eating it real loud and stuff like that. And he's like, are you done yet? Are you done over there? <laughs> <laughs> are you done sacrificing the virgin? <laughs> Just kill the bitch. <laughs> so I, I famously can't do accents, so I'm not gonna try. Well, I but... just offended so many people right now, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, also, the the house that they filmed in uh, that. Will Forte and Claudia Ren. It was right next next to her family plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, when, her ancestral family plot it was somewhere nearby, and there she they asked her if she went to. She's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, did you go talk to any family? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like towards the end, we find out that it was actually Maeve Higgins' character that was the virgin. And I was yeah. like, so the demons like calling her towards him, and I was like, they are not gonna, they're not gonna fuck. Oh yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna and, fuck right now. And in order to like. Uh, yeah, you'll understand when you see this at the end. Like, <laughs> just they stop. They're gonna stop this demon in the nick of time by, by uh, de-virginizing her. Yeah, and you know she has to put it all out there. And <laughs> it's not. It's actually done very tastefully. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then Barry Ward, because like um, he's kind of uh, inhabited by the spirit of his his ex wife. Yeah, so she keeps coming out as they're fucking. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's famously just always has one like cigarette dangling in her mouth, and yeah. I was like, and she was rude. I'm like, who is this woman? What does she look like in real life? Yeah, she must have been like, yeah, she, that was a butterface, a uh, hag, hagalicious. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she was so rude. She was a rude ghost, I yeah. have to say. But he. I, Clearly, he liked it. He liked getting beat down mm, on. He was he getting, you know, he liked a little rough in the bedroom. It was going on for a minute. Yeah. Remember every time he put it, try to put a different T-shirt on, she'd bang his head into the closet <laughs> and, and make him put on the shirt she chose. Yeah, he like, you know, he likes to get choked out a little bit. Uh, why are you getting, everybody? You can't see Tommy's face right now, but I do not feel safe in this booth. Um, you know, we can move on at any time. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, uh. So there little things I got from it. Will Forte, they just let him go for it when it came to the incantations. Mm-hmm. They were just like, Will Forte, be Will Forte. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he did that shit just on the fly. And yeah. it's very fucking funny. He's a really funny dude. I didn't I really see uh, Last Man on Earth or whatever, but like, I've just like, I, you know, I'm not like not a fan of the MacGruber movies. I just think he does that kind of that, 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 that slapsticky thing very well. I, um, I've always liked him. I thought he was super fucking hilarious on, uh, on SNL and all that. The only thing I actually did not like, I liked the MacGruber sketch. I never got into like the movie or any of that shit I just didn't care but I've always thought he was really fucking funny and I did watch Last Men on Earth that was just ending as this was uh beginning to tape uh, and that's so the hair was basically built around because he he would do really fucked up shit to his hair in Last Men on Earth like like he did one where he just shaved like completely down the middle so it was like he had hair growing <laughs> <laughs> like it was completely alope- like he had alopecia on one side All and right. full on like he had a beard and hair and like it was just a mess okay. and he went to like premieres with this <laughs> <laughs> and he was like committed you know he does swing for the fences yes he does yeah. um, so this one he had like a male pattern baldness thing going on so they just plopped this little Christian winter thing on piece on top mm-hmm. and they the, the directors are like yeah we wanted to make sure people, when he when the wig fell off when he fell down the the whatever the demon ho- the whole uh, people weren't they're like oh that was a wig the whole time I'm like uh, we fucking knew that was a yeah. wig the whole time I mean we're, anybody we're. who's got a degree in wigology <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wigologist <laughs> and I know I know when I see me a wig I knew that he was at the uh, at the t- at the time that Last Man on Earth was ending, he was really, really run ragged because the two, because he had started that show with two other showrunners, but they left. And so he had to show run. He was head writer and he starred in it. And I think that kind of, he became a little bit, he wanted to take a break, but he ended up being in this movie. Yeah, he was, uh, he was, uh, cap- whatever, the script captured him. And I'm glad he, he was perfect for the role. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another fun fact, Maeve Higg- Higgins can't drive oh. real, at all. <laughs> and she can't drive for shit. I agree. I'm I'm gonna sympathize because neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> That's some. You, you've been in. You were in New York like long enough. Where you yeah, I was just... literally the reason I moved to New York was so that I didn't have to drive. Because <laughs> I I turned 18 and I was like I cannot be in Southern California no more. I'm putting everyone at risk. Do you know that the first time I was on when I took my test. I almost hit a biker. I couldn't park for shit. I didn't know my signals. But I was the last person of the day and the lady was like, whatever, you pass. And I was like, this is not something you should have done. <laughs> and that summer, I knocked somebody off the freeway, like an SUV. Oh, my God. Because I did it. Cause I, I and turned... they died? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Don't invoke that into my life. Uh, it actually was ended up being someone that I uh, we had the same piano teacher. <laughs> and he his lesson was right after mine and so I had to see him the next week and he was like yeah my car's totaled and I was like Ooh. 
I but and he knew it was you because oh, you I had to pull over, over and, oh. and exchange information. You, but you made it sound like you just knocked somebody off the road, and then, then I just imagine you just kept going. No, no, no. I did the responsible <laughs> thing. But the thing is, I was so and and it, he didn't like roll over or anything like that. I just like turned without signaling or looking, and you know. But anyway, so then what wow. happened was then he um there was a cop that pulled over, and I was so visibly shaken. He thought that. The, you were the one that, that went he, he got it. run into, and I was like, no. And because no one was injured, the cop didn't report it, and he just left. Wow! So it didn't go on my record or nothing. I um I actually had to go to a hypnotherapist to get over my fear of driving. <gasps> really? Yeah, I, I had to go to, and she recorded discs, and then I would go and go to sleep to them. And I think it worked. Did it work? I think. I don't. I, don't I mean, I still can't. I the thing is, that it fills me with both extreme apprehension and anxiety, and also I get so fucking sleepy. So I'm like a literal like winky frowny. Like I cannot keep it together. So uh, Maeve Higgins, you. teach me how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're gonna get into the outsider. Well, this one Drea put me onto. Um, it explores uh, the investigation into the gruesome murder of a local boy and the mysterious forces surrounding the case with Ben. Mendelssohn, the Queen, Cynthia Erivo, Jason Bateman, uh, Julianne Nicholson, and based on the novel by Stephen King. Um, at first, I thought it was going to be a straightforward sort of true crime style show because that's kind of what I think the trailer sort of set me up for. And because I never really watched the whole trailer, I just see the first part and be like, oh, this is some, cru- some true crime shit. Like, I'm not really into that, um, even though I did really like Mindhunter, TBH. Um, and I thought it was maybe going to be like some sort of Jason Bateman vehicle. And it started like being torture murder of like a local boy. And I was like, why am I watching this? But the thing, something about the way that it was filmed, it didn't seem, it, it didn't, it was filmed like a, like, um, like a horror thing, but it looked like true crime. Um, and so I thought it was going to be like doubt where like there's strong evidence that, that, Jason Bateman killed this boy, but then there is counter evidence that he was somewhere else. And that's kind of like what the first episode and a half kind of do and sort of set you up for. Um, And then there's like the local cop who's got a huge axe to grind because his son is dead. And this and Terry Maitland, the the Jason Bateman character, was um, a a baseball coach, a little league coach. And Ben Mendelsohn's son was in the league and kind of came up under him. And so he's like, did you touch my boy? like sort of standard prestige drama. And then when Jason Bateman, spoiler alert, we told you last week we were going to spoil, but in like the first 15 minutes of the second episode, Jason Bateman gets taken out. And when I tell you I was gathered like a braid, I could not, I was like, wait, this is only episode, like what are they going to do now? Like the the, the thing um, that I was being set up for has been completely derailed. Well, then I knew it was, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I wasn't, so this book, I mean, this miniseries follows the book almost to a T. Okay. Um, I was reading through it, and it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And they basically opted to make this a miniseries right when the book came out, which was uh, in 2018. It mm-hmm. only came out, like, very recently. Yeah. I feel um, like they probably, because what usually, like, what happened with Lauren and her book was that, like, uh, as soon it was, as it was greenlit to be published, then that's when the studios come and do, like, bidding mm-hmm. wars over it. So, like, by the time it came out, there, I was like, oh, but this it was, was quick. In, it I know was it was like 2018. I yeah. cannot believe that. I thought this was... I don't. Yeah, I didn't know when this book came out. I just didn't think it came out that recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was actually really pleasantly surprised to see how closely they followed mm. the actual story from that. Because in like sort of episode three, that's when the spooky shit starts to go down. And since- you start. I mean, honestly, I was picking up on that from episode one. That's mm. why I knew I wanted to watch this show, and I knew Stephen King's attached to it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something Some spooky, psycho boogeyman, it, or always, something. always, always, always. And there's some element that, and so. 
I remember I watched it with a friend of mine, uh, my friend Sarah and my dad. And we were all just like, and my friend Sarah looked over at one point and she's like, I don't know what we're watching. And mm. then she's like, but I like it. And then I think, actually, you know, after we, we watched, it, it was like the first two episodes or the first three episodes. And she was like, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck we were watching, but by the third one, I was like, okay. I could not yeah. stop. I mean, I, I think I got in, there were like five episodes in the queue. And so I didn't have to do week to week for the first couple. Um, so I was there. I was hooked from the beginning. But once we get Cynthia Revo, I was like dialed. I mean, she's one of my all time faves. I first saw her in um, Bad Times at the El Royale. And I looked her up because um, she was so good in that movie and she could sing. I mean, she was really good. And so I looked up interviews and she's completely, totally British. And mm-hmm. she does. Her American accent is really good. Yeah, I uh, I mean, they always they give us a run for our, for our money. Them Brits, they can do us. We can't do them so nope. well. Oh, no, <laughs> we can't do them so well. <laughs> <laughs> UK lovable chimney sweep over here. <laughs> um, so like around episode three, end of episode two, like the, 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 the spooky shit starts to become more of the main plot. And we find out that um, these crimes are all being perpetrated um, by a supernatural boogeyman, El Cuco, who feeds on grief and chaos and perpetuates a cycle of killing children and unleashing a series of suicide and revenge kills almost every 27 days or so um but he's a doppelganger so you're seeing jason bateman was seen and uh and known by pete he, they were they said he was at a book conference but he was also seen at the crime where a boy was was raped murdered and and disman- dismembered and partially eaten and partially eaten but they also have him on camera at the same exact time mm-hmm. in a completely different state. Mm-hmm. And then they start through that. They start discovering that there's other stories similar to this. And all these people, their lives were just one thing after another. As soon as that one tragic event happened, after this little boy dies, then his mother, she dies from grief. Has like a heart attack or some she, shit. Yeah, yeah, she just fa- falls out. Then the father tries to hang himself. and Gets he, into and, a coma. And and then the son is the one that kills Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that is, and that's an example of one family that was just dismantled. There's other examples throughout the series. And you see, like, what, this lady becomes, like, a she's known as a pedophile. And then she gets sent to prison. Mm-hmm. And this man that she was connected to, who's, it's all, and then, it's all uh, transferred through scratches. Yeah. So, so, so the, so the demon El Cuco or whatever, if he scratches you, he gets like a little bit of your DNA under his fingernail, and then, and then he, he turns can into you, become you. Yeah. And he, he's in your head, mm-hmm. and he can just basically dictate everything you're doing. And then while he's kind of gestating, um, he's like in a weakened state, and so he'll he 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 chooses he finds, someone to do his yeah. bidding. So he, there's another cop from another uh, jurisdiction who comes in. He gets uh, infected by El Cuco and he's in there trying to basically uh, he's doesn't realize that he's being positioned to set up uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. And Ben Mendelsohn is already, you know, he's a little suspicious of him because he was already had a bad track record. Yeah, yeah. He was all kind of raggedy. And um, yeah, he comes through. He's a he's a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if initially, like he wasn't likable just from jump but mm-hmm. he wasn't exactly menacing no you know he was just like making fun of strippers at the titty bar and like you know you just could, kind of a grump yeah 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 so so it didn't really it wasn't out of the ordinary when he started still acting kind of peculiar mm-hmm. you know because he was already kind of off yeah and that's kind of what el cuco is attracted to mm-hmm. is like people who've got some trouble yeah in grief already yeah whether it's the person he, he becomes or yeah. yeah um i thought i first of all like th- this got more ratings than watchmen or true detective but mm-hmm. they don't talk about it and like it's one of the shows that it didn't start off that 
much, like with that m- strong of a viewership, but it built week to week to week, b- largely by word of mouth. I mean, yeah. if I d- if Dre didn't tell me to watch this, I probably wouldn't have. But then I told Lauren to watch this. Now she's watching it too. And any and any time, like I remember I went to Austin and I was hanging out with my friend Sarah, and I was like, "Are you watching The Outsider?" And she's like, "Have you watched the latest episode yet?" So it's like weirdly, like a lot of people are watching it, but not a lot of people are talking about it. Yeah, you know, which I don't know what that's about, but like it is. I mean, we're, we're talking about it, so yeah. I mean, I don't know who these other people are, but we talking <laughs> about it. Um, the the character that Cynthia Arrivo plays, Holly Gibney. As I was reading about this, I realized I know her character, and it was, and she's from. It, her character appears in Mr. Mercedes. Yes. And, and, and Mr. Je- Mercedes is like a fucking awesome show that we probably might cover on here. Is eventually. it spooky too? It's 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 supernatural. Okay. So it and it's totally it deals with the same kind of shit she deals with I can't really get into it without giving shit away but there's like the serial killer who can kill people by like it's similar to this like mm. psychological shit he can get into a brain and make people do shit blah 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 um, and she's also in other novels of Stephen King's yeah yeah but I, I'm mostly just familiar with them I just discovered Mr. Mercedes uh, that she was th- that these two characters were the same I know that now, was kind of cool but Mr. Mr. Mercedes uh Holly Gibney is played by Justine Lupe. Lupe? I'm pretty sure it's Lupe. I was going to say Lupe. (laughs) Lupe, who's also in Succession. She plays, she's in Cameron. I I only know him as Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She plays his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's really funny. The girlfriend that he pays for. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's in it. She plays, and her, her depiction of Holly Gibney is also really interesting. Um, I'm not sure where in this in the timeline of Holly's life this this story in the outsider matches up to Mr. Mercedes mm-hmm. because in Mr. Mercedes you kind of see the evolution of like how vulnerable she is and how like she can't even function on her own to a certain degree and mm. people are looking at her very strangely mm-hmm. to how she becomes a functioning member of society and how She's actually, you know, maybe more highly functional than most people. Yeah. And I loved the way that Cynthia played her in this. As, as strong, like, yeah. She's, like, very eccentric, but, like... I was listening to her after, you know, the, the, the last episode, and she was talking about playing... Um, during a certain death scene and that like she, like the the emotion that she was going was like Holly is very conflicted because she realizes she was in love mm-hmm. and that makes the the death that much more there's a fire her 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 lovers on fire and there's there's guns ablazing around her and there's it, it's also really powerful that she doesn't get shot in that moment because there is no there's always some she is an outsider is like she says at the end of the show mm-hmm. she that that that's Maybe why she was never really affected in the same way, and she could see into this monster's head mm-hmm. because she understands what's out there. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that fucking scene sucked. They mm. shouldn't have taken her man out like that. That wasn't necessary. Because the last time we talked on this show, we had talked about like the episode right before it was like the 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 guy who's doing the El Cuco's bidding. It just starts firing at the our main group of and people. It, that the ending of episode nine is heavy because man gets taken out, execution style. All you see is you see somebody get shot in the back of the head, and then it goes black, mm-hmm. and then you just hear. Like several rounds Ooh. just go off. Ooh. One, two. It's fucked up. Also, I have to say, and then you that, gotta like, wait a week. Having w- having to wait a week is such a novel experience now. Yeah. That like I was I I loved it. I actually loved having to. This is a like, show that some you delayed need gratification. That. Yeah. You, this is I've kind of, we're, we live in such a time of instant gratification, and I have certain shows have been ruined for me, mm. or I have I've gotten I've gone back to shows and realized 
you know, oh, if I had just taken my time with it, oh, I would have gotten this out of it and mm-hmm, this out of it. But mm-hmm. because it was all mashed together and I watched it like a movie, yeah, trying certain to, as, things are not meant to be seen that right, way. Right, trying to watch it as quickly as possible isn't always the best way yeah, to watch it. Yeah, you will it. miss stuff. Like, we've discussed that about, you know, Sabrina sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to have time to, uh, in, uh, like, really take in all those episodes. But we we discovered with the, the Chilling Tales of Sabrina, sometimes it just feels like it's like because Netflix it just makes it all available. Yeah, I was missing things because that was my problem with Chambers too. Mm-hmm. It was all there, and so it just it's easier to tune out, you know. And having that weekly experience is it's there's more tension, there's more suspense, you mm-hmm. know. And there's more, it's I think I find it more satisfying in this show. I don't know if for every show would feel the same way, um, but then I also end up watching the episode again. I'm yeah, because I'm left to contemplate mm-hmm. and I can think on it. And but if you give me everything. Then, I mean, I'm just going to give you, I'm, I'm going to sum it up in my head and I'm going to move on from it. Yeah. But this allowed me to really, like, you get into it. Mm-hmm. And every episode feels like a meditation. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's heavy, but it, it's not depressing. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really pretty, the and show. I, and it was, I think, grounded in very, very strong performances. Mayor Winningham, uh, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn's wife, is amazing. She's so good. Yeah, she's she's like Kathy Bates meets Sally Field. Mm-hmm. Like she, uh, she stands on her own, but that's kind of what she reminds me of. Yeah, she plays she plays um, fear very well mm-hmm. because you can tell that like her character is very scared, but it's also not going to give an inch. Yeah, you know, and she's not going to. I think because Ben Mendelsohn is is portrayed um, at least initially as like super cynical and like. Um, unbelieving and needs physical proof of, in order to believe in anything and his wife doesn't necessarily feel the same way mm-hmm. and so their so their tension and their conflict is rooted in the fact that like she's saying believe me and he's like well i don't know yeah and they also uh they had lost a son mm-hmm. um and so that they're already going through this grief and the struggle so they identify with this already into so yeah to a a larger extent than most people. And I think that's why Ben Mendelsohn's character comes after Terry Maitland so hard in the beginning mm-hmm. because like he is identifying the pain of losing his son with the other people losing their and son. Then, but then when he realizes he misidentifies this man, then he is even more, you know, indebted to this family mm-hmm. and Julian uh Julianne Nicholson. So good. Uh who I for uh Tommy reminded me that's Jack Nicholson's daughter. Um, she's amazing. She's she was awesome. really good. She was also in Monos earlier, and I I remember thinking what a good role, what a good performance she did with with very little dialogue. Yeah, I mean she she that is a mama bear. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about in Monos though. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that because uh, like she is largely silent, so yeah. she has to, everything has to be on her face. Mm-hmm. So like she's it, got a face that yeah. it, it scares me. I'm <laughs> like, oh bitch, she gets her face. Yeah, some looks. Um, and just I also want to shout out the the what I my favorite I think thing uh was the play between Ben Mendelsohn and Cynthia Erivo as being two people on opposite sides of the spectrum, one b- being a never believer and one who's completely open to believe anything. And how they kind of mix and and infuse each other, both with like having an open mind, but also like assessing a situation. Well, she basically brings him to, over to she enlightens him, mm-hmm. and, and ex- she really shows him what his outlook on life is so different now. Yeah. The when they the last uh, episode they shot, I guess, for two weeks down in this cave. That was like they didn't build that. That was really real, Oof. and uh, they were down there and. When this and the dialogue and you expect it to be a more of a, I don't know, fisticuffs or something with this monster. But it, there's real words to be to be shared. Mm-hmm. This thing's been on its own for so long and it has so much to express. And 
before it uh, passes on, it, it shows all the faces and all the people that it's taken yep. over its life. Ben ends that before he sees the transitions of all these faces. But his life from then on out, he, it will dictate the way he goes about his, his life and his yeah. procedure. Yeah. And he even described, uh, I watched an interview where he described his relationship, uh, well, the character of him and Cynthia, uh, Holly, uh, it's uh, it's romantic almost. Mm-hmm. Like they have like this really, and not in like a, a extramarital way, mm-hmm. but it's it's they have this kinship and this beauty. Right. It's not a will they won't they. It's yeah. not like a Mulder Scully situation. Yeah. But it is like um, it's platonic mm-hmm. and professional, and it's like I think respect. There's, there's mutual respect yeah. there, and and you know so there's and Tommy uh, pointed out because I didn't and okay enough with fucking. Uh, after see after or like mid what is it called mid credit uh, yeah. post credit scenes are annoying mm. as fuck. Uh, Sharp Objects also did this that Amy Adams show mm-hmm. on HBO, which I kind of liked. But um, at the if the if you, you watch thought them, you were done, you thought you were done, and you were I not mean, done. But it, honestly, that ending was just contrived and stupid. I did actually see, the I scratch. did see that. No, yeah. I mean I I watched it and then I and then I didn't, but I didn't see the scratch part. Uh. I saw the part where she was looking in the mirror. And and I I don't I think they're just kind of like will they or won't they continue this on because mm-hmm. they can totally do something more with this character. Um, Stephen King writes, you know, all the time. He's yeah. he writes several books a, a year. He's written a book in the time that we've been in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> he just put out one. Yeah, go. It's on your shelves. So look at. <laughs> but um, he he could very much uh, make another. Will they continue that storyline? What does it mean if she's scratched? Because mm-hmm. also. Patty's uh, character was scratched as well, mm-hmm. you know, but his life was able, they were able to kind of salvage his life. Right, right, right. You know, so it's like, what does that mean? Right. It just means that maybe she's more intertwined with this thing. Um, because in, And again, we need to get into Mr. Mercedes, you know, eventually down the road mm. and kind of figure out, you know, where in the timeline this falls. I'm pretty sure this must be after Mr. Mercedes. Um, I will say this about the although it was look, the last episode wasn't Drea's favorite. I really, really liked. I didn't hate it. Well, I, I just it was really it was just that death that really affected mm. me. But no, I it I I need I had I need time to gestate with it. Yeah, I need it. So I, at as I watched it again today, um, there's a lot from it that it, it there, it's just to show that I'm never gonna be completely satisfied. Mm. You know because it's so good yeah. and now it's over and I want more and that's uh, super greedy of me. But I also it, I think it leaves the the door open for potentially a season two. Um, but I, I and I don't know if I want that. But you know what? That's what it is because yeah. it's so good you want more, but you don't know if you actually want it. Yeah, yeah. You know what so I mean? it's, like, it's really on me. I, mm. Again, it's living in this time where we, I just want more, but mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want more, and then it to ruin mm. what was so good. Mm. But I, did, I, I think I did, they could do really great with it. Yeah, though. I did tear up when she was saying goodbye to Ben Mendelsohn and she yeah. was like, you know, an outsider knows an outsider. And it was like, it wasn't just the creature that was an outsider. Both Ben and Cynthia Rivo's characters were also outsiders as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cynthia, most of all. Yeah. She was way out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, so maybe season two. I don't know because it's like Big Little Lies came back and it was like, oh, this is so much worse than the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean Big Little Lies. Uh, yeah, season two, and then I don't know what's going on. It's a that's a wrap. That mm-hmm. whole show's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't enough with these post credit scenes. I don't know what the point of that is. I mean, I guess I think it's because it's it is an afterthought to some degree. It is kind of like we could maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you so not to go back, but you saw Sharp Objects, right? No. 
well, okay, watch Sharp Objects okay. and then watch the post credit scene. And then I'll and think it, it's some bullshit. Yeah, you'll, you'll have a lot to say. And I'm like, because it's, uh, it's a humdinger. All right. But uh, it, it's, they did, they really went there mm. with, with Sharp Objects. But um, yeah, overall, it, this show wasn't disappointing. Um, I remember the, the first two episodes, which is weird to me. They were, people were already critiquing it and summing and, um summarizing what this is going to be about. I'm like, you haven't seen the whole fucking show. Mm. So it's like, so people are always like, it's not living up to what the book was and this and that. I'm like, you haven't seen it. Yeah, it shifts tonally. And also you have to spend time with it in, in, in order for it to um, be its, I think, full experience. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go back and and then see it as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it does deserve that. I, I, now that I've watched it week to week, I can binge watch it. Yeah. Like I can take that in. Same. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm still on the fence. If they if they're gonna make a season two, they may better make it good. Yeah. And I I am here for a, a Cynthia Revo Ben Mendelsohn team up again. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. It would be like the thing is if the if 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 Stephen King made a sequel to the novel, I think it would make sense to do a season two. But if they're gonna do like a Big Little Lies, the whole first season was based on a book, and the second season was new shit. And it's like once they got to the new shit, it wasn't as good. So mm-hmm. it's like if Stephen King isn't like doing story on this, I don't know. He, he would have to start pinning it right now. Yeah. And he said he could. He says he's he's open to it. Okay. So I'm like, if he's interested in it, then you know that that already says. That's the green light, but we'll see. All right. We'll see. But in the meantime, definitely check out Extraordinary and, and The Outsider. Yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Finally, our actress scream queen is Miss Pamela Adlon in The Gate 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this movie is straight hot, I mean, hot. Steaming trash. Hot steaming trash. But I love <laughs> me some Pamela Adlon. Oh, yes. Um, so Pamela's my girl. She's, I think to a lot of people, she represents, there's just something so like likable and like, like that's my friend. Like I I could, she, she gives me those Natasha Leone vibes. Yeah, yeah, Like the first time I saw Slums of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like there's, she has this face and that voice. And like that, she's down. She's, she's you a down I mean? ass bitch. You know what? And yeah. you could tell that. And yes. it seems like she's not the kind of person she's scrappy, who. She's mm-hmm. scrappy, fi- about 5'3", mm-hmm. like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I can pack a punch. And she, I'm like, that's me. That's, yeah. that's me. I love me a person with a loud face, as you know. <laughs> she got <laughs> um, So in this movie, okay. I was going to mention this her last last season, but they don't give her enough to do in this movie, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't she they don't let Pamela do Pamela, but she is so adorable in this fucking yeah, film. Yeah, she is. She so really cute. Is. And and she's not annoying at all. Like she I mean, at least when she's there, mm-hmm. like she's trying to stand up for herself. The writers did not give her any justice really though. Like, right. But what what stood out to you, Tommy? Well, uh- Okay, so we unfortunately we talked about Fantasy Island and and what I thought would we would do something with like wish fulfillment and the under underside of wish fulfillment. This film actually does because like um the thing is like the teenagers uh, who you know the the gate the gate monster the minion or whatever like I guess if you burn something in front of it it will give you a wish. Well, um, 
so Terry from the from the first gate, mm-hmm. he, he's back again, a little grown up, mm-hmm. and he yeah he's trying to do demonology, but there's like laser beams and some other shit going on in mm-hmm. this in this. I don't know where he's at. There's some, and then he tries to sacrifice a guinea pig. Oh, that poor guinea pig, I know. or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and then, speaking of post credit scenes, guinea pig gets out of the uh, casket. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that was uh, that is fine. Mm-hmm. I love that like little. And actually, that's what starts part three, because part chapter three There's is a it, third gate. No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> there was supposed to be a gate 3D. Uh, uh, but, all about the hamster. All about the yes. fucking gerbil, whatever that shit was. <laughs> Chinchilla, I don't know what it was. Mm. Um, so Terry's back. He's fucking, his dad is still a drunk. Um, and uh, Former airline pilot. Yeah. yeah. And so he wants to fix things. So through demonology, he can make wishes and... Liz, uh, Pamela and Adlon's character and her thuggish boyfriend or wannabe thug boyfriend yeah, yeah, yeah. and his uh, best friend who has a Mo? heart condition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has to take pills for his heart condition or some shit. Um, they uh, stumble upon him doing his his practice and they all decide to get in, involved with this. So they're like, yeah, let's do this shit. And mm-hmm. he, so when he says shit, I don't know if that has something to do with why all their wishes oh, turn to shit. Because literally the wishes turn to literal shit. Yeah. Like Pamela Adlon is <laughs> calling Terry being like, what the fuck? My 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 Corvette is now a heaping pile of shit in yeah. my front yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, one of them goes to give a waiter a tip and he throws cash on it and, and it it's all shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was and, gross. And, and it does get a little uh, little bit uh, the fly in, in the bathroom scene. Ooh, the whole noise. It's like popping his pimple and all that. Yeah, I could still take it. It it wasn't like as as like it it looked fake enough, but um, and they also they stuck to the 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 same tradition of the first film where everybody comes back in the end. Yeah, nobody actually dies. Um, which was like we talked about like a notable thing about the first gate. Um, yeah, but just I mean, still did Pam Pamela Adlon playing this character. I mean, I just remembered like feathered hair, leather jacket, mm -hmm. bangs, Like, like um, hard femme. Mm-hmm. Which I love. I love Mia Hard Femme. Yeah. Um, she was all famously Bobby Hill. Um, I haven't seen yeah. Better Things yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Peabody Award winning television show. Better Things, yeah. That I was just telling you that 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 show is really conflicting for me because it it's you're seeing the real her, mm-hmm. but it's like how vulnerable she is with her daughters, mm. and and it's. I, I go through a journey every time I watch that show. It frustrates me till no end. Mm. Like talk, her youngest kid, oh, little baby angel. Okay. Her two older daughters, I would strangle them. Fuck those kids. I would, Is that oh, what's... Fuck them kids. <laughs> They're terrible. I'll murder them. But um, I, but she to see how she uh, balances that out. It it gives again just another reason to love this woman. Yeah. How, and she is just a woman surrounded by women and just wants to raise good women. Mm-hmm. And and also her uh, her one of her best friends, Cree Summers. Um, Ooh, love me some Cree Summers. A different world. A di- it's a different. It world. sure is. And like also like Pamela was saying that her playing uh, herself in Better Things or a version of herself was actually the hardest role she's ever had to do. Yeah. I uh, mean, she's putting herself out there, and I she's slightly. Slightly like altering reality, but mm-hmm. that's really her. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the only people to successfully transition from being a childhood actor to being an adult actress. Mm-hmm. And she said a large part of that was that she couldn't land roles in her twenties, but she did a shit ton of voice work. Yes, and, and that saved her career. I just recently discovered on a on tonight show episode that she's the voice of Bobby Hill, and I, when she did it, I was just like, "What the fuck? Of course that's you." She ate Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> from inside the building it, it blew my mind and I mean it's like I thought I already knew everything about this woman but then she popped she did that I was like no you did it bitch. yeah and I yeah I, 
also on the most recent episode, Mike Judge was on there, ah. and it was her losing her role. And somebody else playing, she cast a voice audition for Bobby Hill again, but they don't call it Bobby Hill. Uh, and it's a fucked up episode. It's damn, really good. Damn. Yeah. And she said that she got that sort of vocal talent because her mother, who's British, would like do a bunch of voices and read to her before she went to sleep, which my parents did too. So maybe that's the reason I'm a little bit extra. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know. <laughs> one of the reasons. <laughs> All right, Pamela Adlon, you're going to close out our season two as our screen queen this week. Thank you, Miss Pam. All right, Screen Queens, uh, this is officially the end of season two, but we will be back soon for season three. And in the meantime, uh, check out our Patreon page, which we'll put on all of our social channels. Uh, you can help support us, a five, uh, $5 donation, $10 donation, it goes a long way. And uh, we'll get you some extra bonus content for them decades. Mm-hmm. Mm. Screen Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound. With theme music by Doc Allison. I'm Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey, that's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. You can find us on Instagram at Screen Queen Podcast. And on the internet at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. Send an email to ScreamQueen at gmail.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-E-M queen at gmail.com and we might answer your questions in a future segment. In the scary movie of your life, you better scream, queen! See you next season. Bye! Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.